Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Episode 25 of the Flying V Anaheim Ducks podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, Southern California's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in Southern California and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Yep. This is the first quarantine pandemic episode of the Flying V Anaheim Ducks podcast. Not a lot of Ducks hockey to talk about. Uh, and also Kent, uh, thoughts with him and his family as he uh, is a small business owner. And, and we know how the pandemic is affecting small businesses and large businesses all around. So um, hope for the best for Kent. Send him well wishes. And if you need some coffee, order some coffee online from his website. It's huskinscoffee.com. And then go, you can just scroll down a little bit. You can find the small buy coffee link and then he's got a whole bunch of uh, of coffees down uh, uh, that he sells that he can have delivered to you obviously now with with people in southern california and all of california not allowed to gather in spaces most most places are shutting down non-essential businesses so um they need a way to make money so i mean order food from local restaurants order coffee from from huskins coffee and they'll they'll deliver it to you uh that's a good way to support people who are uh, probably struggling uh, during this time. So wish well wishes for Kent. Obviously, he's not here because he's tending to his family and to his business, and we understand that. So today, we're going to do something a little different. Uh, I'm going to uh, interview uh, one of my friends growing up from back east who is the Elite Athlete Services Coordinator for Bauer, which means he uh, liaises, interacts with, with all the different Bauer hockey athletes uh, and kind of does the administrative duties and, and the communication with, with what they get with their equipment. But we'll go into that a little more. But we had a little bit of a discussion about kind of what's, what it's like to be a sponsored athlete, uh, uh, how he works with them, things kind of you might not know about being sponsored by a, a hockey company. I, I know I'm always curious about things like pro stock sticks and, and what they get and, and kind of the benefits of being a sponsored athlete. So uh, Joey was a, was a great interview talking to him about just what it's like working for Bauer and, and how he got into the job and also what he does for them and what it's like for athletes and, and working with athletes there. And if you are interested in working in sports, it's also a good, a, a good interview to listen to because he kind of talks about how he got into working for Bauer and his education and his path. And it really, uh, it really was informative. But just a little disclaimer, this has nothing to do with the Anaheim Ducks really besides being about hockey equipment, but uh, it is equally interesting and uh, definitely worth a listen. So here he is, uh, my buddy, Joey McIntyre, Elite Athlete Services Coordinator for Bauer, not the member of New Kids on the Block, but uh, in my opinion, this is more interesting. So uh, yeah, here we go with uh, the interview. Hey, Joey, it's Anthony Cerdelli. Can you hear me all right? I can, my man. How are you? Pretty good. How about you? Long time no speak. I know. I'm doing all right. Doing all right, considering uh, this this crazy world that we're living in. How are you guys doing out there? We're good. We're, uh, I mean, not leaving the house much just for groceries and stuff. I, I'm trying to surf as much as I can before they close the beaches, but uh, that's pretty much it. Are you guys still in New Hampshire or where, mm-hmm. where are you living now? Yeah, so we're uh, so Bowers based out of uh, Exeter, New Hampshire. So we're we're about ten minutes from the office, um, and uh, yeah, everything everything for the, about the last week has been pretty shut down around here. Um, you know, Bowers been shut down. Everyone's kind of been working from home. Um, 
I said, I haven't been, I've, I've been out of the house like twice in the last week. You know, we went to, we went, did a drive by on the beach just to get some fresh air. And then I took my daughter for a walk the other day when it was nice. And other than that, it's been, uh, yeah, it's just kind of, kind of kicking around the house, trying to get stuff done. All right. Well then I uh, figure we'll, we'll get going starting with, um, basically, ha- uh, what, what was your call, your hockey, uh, your hockey life like growing up playing in college and, and growing up youth, youth hockey. How, how did you get into hockey? Uh, you know, got into hockey pretty early on. Um, you know, I, I think I, you know, from what I can remember, it was, you know, age three or four, just, you know, on, on the ice and, and kind of learning how to skate. And then, uh, um, where we lived in New Hampshire, uh, Kane in New Hampshire, which I know you're familiar with Anthony, um, you know, there wasn't really any youth league set up there. So we ended up driving, uh, to White River Junction. That was really the first big sort of youth league that had been set up at the time. Um, so we ended up, that was my first real memory of house league was, was playing there and, and kind of just, um, you know, pushing the puck around. So from there kind of, uh, you know, we ended up actually moving to Vermont. So that ended up becoming my home sort of association. So grew up playing there and traveling, uh, throughout the state of Vermont. Was that, uh, um, was that Hartford with the old outdoor rink? Correct. Yeah. yeah. The old BOR, which, you know, the, uh, it had the, it had the, you know, the tin ceiling, but you know, all, well, two of the sides were chain link fence. So, um, definitely one of the colder rinks that I had ever, I can ever remember playing in as a kid. So, um, obviously they've made a lot of improvements to that facility since then, but yeah, that was definitely our home rink. So absolutely. Yeah. A lot has changed down there. I, I remember playing that rink a lot as a kid and it was, it was always so cold. And at some, I think the, or my earlier days, you're a little older than me, but my early days playing games there, I think they had a tractor as a Zamboni, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Absolutely. And, and funny story is that tractor also was still around. Even when I was in high school, it served as a backup. (laughs) <laughs> you know, so there, there, there was more than one occasion where the, the regular Zamboni was, uh, you know, broken down for whatever reason. And then, you know, they still had the, the functioning, you know, I think it was a diesel tractor with, with the attachment on the back, which, you know, as you can imagine it, you know, it, it, it put off some pretty decent fumes in there. So when you did come back on the ice, you were, you were, you were inhaling whatever was left over. So yeah, they, uh, but they've done a great job. I think they raised a bunch of money and they, and they, they put a bunch of money into the facility. So, um, it's, it's, uh, it's a far cry from what it used to be. So you played in college, what was your college career like and, and getting, I mean, did you get recruited? Did you choose to play maybe somewhere you could walk on? What was that like? Yeah. So, um, well, funny story. So I, I kind of took a, a different path to kind of getting to college hockey. So I actually, um, out of high school, I did a, a post-grad year, which is obviously pretty big up here in the Northeast. Um, and, uh, you know, I was 17 when I graduated high school. So from a physical standpoint, but mostly, you know, kind of, a uh, an emotional and, and, uh, you know, personal development needed that kind of that extra year to kind of figure out what I wanted to do. Um, where I, you know, where I felt like I, I, I belonged. Um, so I ended up doing a PG year at Bridgeton Academy, which is in, uh, it's about an hour north, due north of, of Portland, Maine. So it, it's an all PG school, um, all male school. So really the, the people who are there are, are athletes. And then again, people looking for that extra year to kind of just develop. So I actually was went there to play football um, and got recruited to play football uh, to Bryant University, or it was Bryant College at the time, it was a D2 school. Uh, it's now Bryant University, it's now 1AA. Um, so I actually went there for uh, two seasons, two years, um, played football, was recruited as a free safety, 
um, got hurt in both the years, ended up using a redshirt year my first year. And then so I was um, kind of looking for just all told being hurt and, and wasn't in a great place. So kind of was looking for a different path and uh, ended up going to Castleton State, which is in uh, the western part of Vermont. So about an hour and a half from, from where we grew up. Um, and they had just started a hockey program, I think the year before. So they, they had just gone varsity, um, had some friends who went to school there and, and, um, were on the team and said, Hey, listen, you know, we're looking for bodies, people who played, you know, once you knowing that I had already been kind of accepted and, and transferred in, they said, Hey, why don't you come out? And, um, it was, it was an interesting first year because we had, um, we had the Dean of students was our head coach, Greg Stone. <laughs> No messing around. Um, so again, <laughs> no, you know, again, they, it was at, at that point, you know, Castleton and we can kind of circle back Castleton's grown sort of leaps and bounds since then, but it was a very small school and, you know, they didn't really know kind of what they needed to do from a program standpoint. And, and the Dean, you know, coach stone was, uh, you know, just, he, he was a, an able body and, and knew the game. So he jumped in and, and, um, you know, we, uh, when I started that first year, we had three of the four teams that went to the frozen four that, that previous year on our schedule. Huh. So we had Norwich, we had Middlebury and we had Trinity. Um, so needless to say, we didn't, uh, we didn't fare very well. We actually didn't win a game that entire year. So we were, you know, as you can imagine, had a lot of, a lot of growing pains. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was interesting. It was, it was, it was good hockey. We had a good group of guys. I mean, it was important to us. We just, you know, we were, we were undermanned, you know, we just, we couldn't, uh, we just couldn't, we had good games with some of the teams, but we just, we just didn't have the firepower that, you know, some of the bigger schools, even, you know, with some recruited athletes. So um, after that year, we, uh, the school decided to bring in a, a full-time head coach. Um, so we went through the search process there and, and the team, myself included, were, was a part of that process and, and we ended up hiring Alex Todd, who, um, he played at Union, played semi-professionally, and then uh, um, he got hired at Castleton, and and you know he came in right away and and, and really brought a culture with him, and and you know hold everyone accountable, started an off-season program, you know really made it into what you know I was used to coming from the football world, you know of of mm-hmm. you know day to day, this is what you do, this is how you act, this is you know this is how you you know train for for a season. Um, and he recruited and he went out and he was, he was recruiting all over, you know, Canada and, and, um, and the States and, and really, you know, brought in, I think, I think that year he brought in, we, well, it's, we had 60 guys show up for the first day of dry land training. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it was a, it was a very, a very, um, quick 180. Um, and then we ended up, you know, obviously fielding a team with about 25. So the, the dry land train that year was pretty, uh, pretty rugged kind of meant to kind of to um you know get the numbers down to a manageable you know a manageable number and and you know there we were on you know middle of october with a, with a team so getting on to uh, your your career with bauer so I, I we obviously were co-workers for a short period of time at the upper valley aquatic center uh, and then yep. you moved on to work uh for the dartmouth college football team correct yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. I, um, so when i was working at the aquatic center i was also coaching high school football and um, you know, that was kind of my first, like the class was my first real job out of, out of college. So, um, but I very quickly, um, realized that I, I had a, um, sort of a, a yearning to coach and, and sort of be on that side of athletics. So, um, 
I was fortunate enough to kind of fall into to, to Dartmouth. I had I had previously worked at Dartmouth as an undergrad. Um, I had interned there, you know, just in the facilities and athletics office. So I was technically in the system. So when when I actually applied almost a full year before I got hired, I applied in August of geez, 11 um, and they went through their full season. And I got phone calls uh, sort of that spring saying, hey, now they're going to do the search. So um, got hired to be the director of football operations, which oh wow. Um, for for those don't know, it's it's basically kind of the day to day management of the program. So working very closely with the head coach and the coaches um, to kind of keep everything on track. Um, it's not a coaching position, more of an administrator. So working with the athletic department, you know, uh, and kind of liaising between admissions, financial aid, athletic communications, um, all the different pieces that touch a program, um, which was great because you know um, it's sort of tailored to my background kind of coming from the aquatic center doing many of the same things and um what i went to school for went to school for sports administration so again kind of knowing that that's what i wanted to do uh in some regard it it was really a good fit um was there for about seven years um wow time flies i (laughs) i can't i remember (laughs) when uh when you when you started working for them i that's incredible how how fast that's been (laughs) Yeah, it's, you know, you, you, it's funny because you, you you look back and then you start looking at some of the dates and like, wow, like, really, did that happen that long ago? And, you know, it's 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 pretty crazy. So um, but yeah, so I spent about seven years at Dartmouth and then, um, you know, with everything else, it, it kind of has a shelf life, um, you know, had had kind of gone through a bunch of different changes at that point and had met my wife. We had. Um, we had bought a house, we got married, um, we were kind of looking at the next chapter and, and we're kind of looking for something new, something exciting. Um, it kind of hit the shelf on, or hit the, hit the ceiling in terms of, you know, where I was at Dartmouth. So, um, kind of the same situation. I, I found, I found a posting for, for Bauer hockey, uh, online. I didn't know anybody. I didn't, you know, have any, I didn't have an in. Um, I, I applied and it's funny because my wife and I both vividly remember, um, we were, I was, I was sitting at the kitchen table and, and she looked and, and she said, Oh, where's the job? I said, Exeter, New Hampshire, which is literally the town over from where she grew up. So, and, and she didn't think anything of it because I had been applying for different things. And so kind of fast forward a couple of weeks, I got a phone call and, and that started the process. Um, had a, had a phone interview and then had kind of a series of in, in-person interviews and, um, yeah, the rest is, the rest is history and been here now for about 18 months, almost, yeah, a little over a year and a half now. So that's pretty, that's pretty, I mean, that's, that sounds like kind of where you came from relatively a, a dream job. What's your day to day like for them? What, what are you doing? Uh, um, I mean, I guess what are your job responsibilities? Yeah. So, um, my, my title, uh, elite athlete services coordinator. Um, so that fall, uh, kind of rolls up into our, our sports marketing department. So, um, really my day to day is kind of keeping track and, and, uh, organizing all that goes into our endorsed athletes. So we have about 300 athletes, um, men and women that are signed with Bauer and um, keeping track of their contracts, um, making sure that they have the appropriate, you know, tax forms and all that to get paid, um, making sure that as part of their contracts, they also have a, uh, a merchandise allotment. So not only Bauer, but we have a, about 11 different vendors 
um, which include like Nike, Lululemon, Breitling watches, TaylorMade golf. Uh, we have a custom suit manufacturer and a few others. So, huh. um, so these athletes get to choose how they want to spend their merchandise dollars. And one of my large responsibilities is kind of managing the relationships with these merch partners, but also executing um, the athletes ask in regards to that. So some are gift cards, some are, you know, pursuits or obviously in-person visits. Um, it's just kind of ma managing and making sure everyone, you know, um, allocates and executes the, the, the money or the, or the dollars that they have as part of their contract. That's interesting. Um, I didn't know that like that. I mean, besides, I mean, when you're growing up playing hockey or whatever sport and you think of being sponsored by a company, you think, Oh, I just going to get this equipment from Bauer or CCM or whoever you might be whatever company you like, but I didn't know yep. that you actually get, uh, like actual merchandise. And, and, uh, I mean, is that something that's unique to Bauer or do other companies do that as well? No, it's, uh, other companies have it as well. Um, you know, I don't know, obviously all of the partners, but I know CCM has, has a few, um, warrior is, is, um, owned by new balance. So they obviously have a, a pretty close relationship there. Um, but I think ours is, is the more robust, you know, we obviously huh. having 11, that's, that's a lot to choose from. So again, you know, for these athletes who are with us more than, you know, more than a year, you know, they really can kind of spread their money out and, and really get a good, you know, um, smattering lack of a better term of, of product. You know, you can only, you can only buy so many Nike shoes or, you know, Lululemon. I mean, I guess you can, you can have plenty of Lululemon, but, um, you know, there's there's just so much that they can use it on, and and quite honestly, a lot of them kind of give it to their families. They're ordering golf clubs for their dad or their mom or their sisters, you know, and they really use it to kind of, you know, help out those who have helped them out, which is great. And yeah. that's part part of what I get to kind of work with them on, and in some regard, again, we're not, you know, I'm not seeing them, and we're talking sort of via text message or or you know the occasional phone call or email but it's really like hey i'm trying to get something for my parents can we can we get this done and, absolutely and it's like okay so yeah that's it i mean breitling watches is a pretty legit perk i think right there that's uh <laughs> that's impressive I, I mean is there anything else that that people might not know or, or or maybe take for granted about like when they think about a sponsored athlete or or um, I mean, getting equipment or, or merchandise free from a company uh, on your end or on the athlete's end from your experience? Um, you know, the, the, you know, the, from the equipment standpoint, I mean, the teams buy all of that. So regardless, you know, so if you're, you know, you're the Boston Bruins, you know, they have, you know, 25, 30 guys on roster, you know, their equipment managers work with the various reps for all of the companies and, and, you know, they're the ones ordering it. So again, they're not getting product for free at that level, you know, so the teams have to pay for that. Um, but where they do get the, the, the perks is, you know, in these ancillary, you know, contract benefits. So, you know, they may have a cash component, um, but 99, 98% of them had, do have a merchandise component. So that's where, you know, they can kind of pick and choose and, and um, you know, use, use it on the side. So, um, no, nothing earth shattering. Um, you know, it's just, it is a lot, you know, the, the, um, the custom capabilities on their equipment nowadays, again, you know, growing up, it was like, here, here's your stick, here's your skates, go ahead and play. You know, these guys, you know, they're not using stock, anything, everything is, is custom tongue, custom, you know, facing on the skate, custom stick. I mean, custom graphics. It's, it's, you know, I think all of the companies are, are sort of, 
doing a great job and tailoring to the athletes. It's just, it's a lot to manage and the reps, you know, do a great job um, working with the equipment manager and the, and the athletes to really hone in on exactly what they want and, and um, you know, how it makes them perform better on the ice. Yeah. That's interesting as well. I mean, I didn't even know, I assumed that like, I, I knew that there were equipment managers on NHL teams that kind of, that kind of tailored and, and worked with, with players equipment, but I, I didn't know the teams bought it. I thought it was just like, Oh, here's like, uh, um, Sidney Crosby's, I know, I think you CCM, right? I don't, I want to use a, yep. <laughs> a, uh, Bauer, yeah, yeah. I want to use a Bauer example. Um, but like so-and-so gets a, uh, 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 gets all their sticks and equipment from from Bauer. I assume, I assume they just came straight from the company. I didn't know that the uh, the team buys that all. That's interesting. Before we continue with the interview, just a note from our sponsors. While you're waiting this pandemic out at home with us, listening to us, you can still have fun betting at betonline.com. I know there's no March Madness or anything else, no hockey, no Ducks hockey to watch, but BetOnline is still taking your wagers, including their online casino with poker and blackjack. And there's still things to bet on, even if sports aren't around. There's American Idol. There's the elections. I know there's things about the elections every day on the news. You're probably getting sick of hearing it. But why not bet on it and make it a little bit fun? That's right. You can bet on the elections. And there's still fun to be had at betonline.com. Use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right. For my listeners, 50% off with your promo code MYPOD100. Bet online. The fun never ends. Uh, super excited about a new sponsor for our show. If you're a fan of style, style is changing. Formal wear is going out and the t-shirt is back in. True Classic Tees are my favorite. It's based in L.A., where I live, and a t-shirt company that's on the rise. The t-shirts are soft, they hold up in the wash, and they're incredibly versatile. You could wear them out, you can wear them to work out, you can wear them around the house, which is, let's be honest, where we're going to be spending a lot of time in the very near future. Uh, And the best part, they're incredibly cheap, only $15. And now you can get them for even less. Go to trueclassictees.com and use the code at checkout, B-L-E-A-V for 20% off. That's Believe, B-L-E-A-V, at TrueClassicTees.com. From an, a product standpoint, uh, without kind of saying what's coming out in the future, do you, do you know much about the R&D? Like, uh, I just kind of, I'm curious because whenever we, Joe Schmo, like, like me, buys a stick or sees, sees an ad for a piece of equipment, it's always like, this such and such technology or this, this new uh, like piece of uh, equipment that's been researched and, and tested and all that. How much, I mean, how much actually goes into that? Because it really feels like now with the advancement of hockey equipment that, that it has to be some serious <laughs> research and development. Yeah, no, it, it does. Um, and I've been fortunate, um, you know, so our, our R&D facility is, is based in uh, Blainville, Quebec, which is just north of Montreal. Um, and, and the people um, for the, all the various categories who, who work up there are unbelievable. They are, you know, obviously, you know, they're the best in their field. Um, and, you know, their, their, their charge is always to kind of push the envelope. So, you know, whether that's skates or sticks or helmets or gloves, again, they're, they're using, you know, obviously NHLers as, as, um, as resources, but also, you know, our, our consumer. And again, you know, obviously it's easy to think in our world that the NHL is the end all be all, but, you know, in, in our business, 
it's a it's a it's a part of of the overall you know uh, piece of the pie. So um, you know, making sure that we're not just making product for the elites, we're also making product for you know the beer leaguers or you know the the 12 to 13 year old kids who are who are you know in you know house league or you know the kids just starting out so again there's there's research and development that goes into all of those it's not just you know hey we're doing it for the nhl so again our team you know works tirelessly at making products that you know make athletes play better you know and again does it make them shoot harder who knows but again, the, the perceived benefit, you know, of a skate, if it fits better, if they, if it feels better on someone's foot, they're going to feel better about, you know, how they play. If the helmet fits tighter, um, it's snugger then you know, the parents are, are more comfortable with, you know, the safety aspect. And, you know, the kid is, is complaining less about how his head hurts because the helmet is, is too hard. So um, sort of across the board, you know, again, with the different categories, they're, they're always pushing the envelope. And um, the nature of our job is we're exposed to, you know, the what's coming down the pipe, because obviously we're we're part of our the sports marketing world is, you know, our guys are the ones and gals are the ones who uh, will be promoting it. So our reps need to know all the latest tech and spec. Um, we sit in on, you know, quarterly meetings, you know, as a company that, that are going over, hey, what's coming to market? How are we going to how are we going to you know publicize it? Who are we going to use? This is what you need to know to sell it in the marketplace. Um, you know, and again, a lot of that overlaps with our retail partners. So again, from the elite side, also to the retail side, there is a lot of overlap. So um, it's it's an ever-changing world that, um, again, our, our team uh, is is always kind of pushing the envelope on. And speaking of pushing the envelope, um, you mentioned the Bauer ADV stick, the Nexus ADV yep. stick with a hole in it. Do you know how that came about? Like how how, <laughs> how did that happen? Um, you know, I, I honestly, I don't know a hundred percent the, the genesis of it. Um, you know, I, I think, um, the, the thought was when they had initially done the vapor ADV, you know, that stick is still being used by a lot of, a lot of players in the NHL. Um, again, at, at least in construction and I'm not going to get too far into it, but, um, you know, the NHL players, just because you see the graphic doesn't mean that's, that's the construction they're using. So, um, you know, it could be any combination of components from the different pieces of the stick wrapped in a certain graphic. So if it's a uh, if it's a vapor looking stick, it could be a Supreme graphic or a Nexus. Uh, you know, it could be a Supreme construction or a Nexus construction based on that player's preference. So kind of circling back, they had, they had you know, they had made the vapor ADV a couple of years ago and it, and it took off. Um, we launched the Supreme ADV uh, this fall with with a new geometry, um, and then the next SADV is something that we've been kind of teasing with some of our elite athletes over the last couple of years. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, it, it, uh, we started showing it and kind of getting some reaction just to kind of see if it was worth sort of pursuing, and um, you know, at least from a from an NHL adoption perspective, um, and the athletes, you know liked it and there weren't any issues from the testing kind of getting back to the R and D there weren't any issues from a durability standpoint. Again, people see a hole it in, they think automatically, Oh, it's, it's less durable and the blade's going to break and blah, blah, blah. Well, that didn't pan out. It's, it's just as durable. And again, credit to our R and D team for, for, you know, doing that and the folks who build it. Um, 
but it, it ended up kind of holding up and, and, you know, we launched it uh, this year at, at all-star with uh, kind of going at retail. And then um, we had a few athletes who were, who were kind of messing around with it. And I think right now, Jake DeBrusque is still the one who's kind of using it in the NHL or was before the shutdown. Um, so again, it, it was just something that um, always looking to kind of push the envelope and something that we felt was a, a significant game changer in the marketplace um so uh i think that was just the latest example of, of bauer and, and the team really kind of um trying to take the game to a, another level so absolutely and uh you kind of mentioned a little a little bit about the athletes and and the stick that you see them using might not be what's the the kind of the technology behind it it might be from a different model but um do you know much about i mean really from what i can tell basically the, the difference between like a a stick you get in the, at a hockey store that's got like a, I mean, a, a Patrick Kane curve, or a, to use a Bauer example, and then versus something that's called like a, a pro stock stick. Do you, could you explain the difference to that? Because I mean, that's something I've always kind of been confused by, uh, and I'm sure a lot of other people have too. Yeah. So, um, so kind of when you go to your hockey retailer, you know, each, um, you know, each manufacturer has sort of got their stable of, of let's call it curves that's kind of what we're talking about in terms of patrick kane you know we had um you know the p92 which you know used to be austin matthews used to be alex ovechkin you know now we're getting to the point where it's really just it's a p88 a p92 and a p28 those are sort of the three sort of staple curves you know those are the you know, most purchased obviously there's different you know there's different variations um or other variations but when you go to the store, those are the ones you're predominantly going to see. Um, so again, those are just regular kind of regular curves. Now, when you're looking at an actual player stick or a pro stock, or you're looking at, you know, whatever, uh, whether it's Patrick Kane, David Pasternak. So those guys have the ability to essentially custom make their own curve. So they're working with our reps to, hey, if they're, if they're in a in a, a goal trying to say, hey, I need something, I need something with a little more toe or a little less toe, a little a little bit of a different lie, um, they have the ability to really customize that curve to whatever they want to do. And so again, if you see, you know, you see online where the you know, pro stock, you know, they're selling off, you know, old whatever David Pasternak stick, that's probably because he changed his curve and is no longer using that curve or construction for whatever for whatever reason. So um that's kind of the main the main difference or or the difference altogether so you kind of have your um you kind of have your generic um curves and or construction so like you go to the store you're getting a vapor you know p92 that's it is what it is it's got the elliptical taper it's got the red hit at the top from a graphic standpoint and it's got the you know the the, the standard curve you know you could go see you know patrick kane who's you know He's got a, a, a vapor graphic with a supreme construction and his curve and with, you know, specific to him. I mean, that's that's kind of how that's how he likes it. He likes the supreme feel, the way the supreme stick is built. And because he's one of our vapor athletes, we just wrap it in that vapor red graphic for him. So got it. Okay. That's, <laughs> Sorry. No, I didn't mean to interrupt. Um, keep going. No, no, no. That's <laughs> no, that's so that's I mean, that's really that. I mean, that's kind of it, it, it in its simplest form. Um, again, we, we kind of bucket athletes, you know, into, you know, they're a vapor athlete or Supreme. So again, 
you know, if they want a different construction, they just want that Supreme or they want that certain graphic, we can, we obviously have the ability to do that. So uh, that's, and that's kind of stick specific, whereas, you know, obviously vapor skates and Supreme skates are a little bit harder to do that just because they're built a little bit differently. But um, for the most part, we, you know, we've, we've kind of, um, earmark those athletes accordingly. Talking about, I know you mentioned you do events for Bauer. Um, yep. Talk about what that's like. I, I think, did I see you did one with um, those guys, the two Instagram guys, uh, uh, Ollie posting? Jacob and Ollie? Yeah, Jacob and Ollie. <laughs> what was that like? Yeah, you know what? We've, we've actually, so um, we've done a couple of events with those guys here in the last uh, year or so, year and a half. I mean, they're First of all, they're they're incredible guys. You know, they they um, they're based out of Calgary, and and you know they they kind of hit the market at the right time, um, and they sort of took off, and they realized that they they had something going, so they they've run with it, and they're incredibly smart. They know exactly what they're doing. Um, but yeah, we were actually just out um, at the Minnesota State High School tournament, which for you or I is is hard to imagine. You know, you're coming from Vermont, New Hampshire. You know, you have the, this big deal where you're playing in front of the entire state and all this. And then literally in Minnesota, the entire state shuts down and everyone drives to Minneapolis, St. Paul and is in the city for a week. And you have the one a and the two a championships that are going on all week. And it is, I mean, it's unbelievable that, you know, the support that these kids get and out in Minnesota, they've, they've got, you know, the most, most NHL or most NHL players per state. Huh. Um, all of them play high school hockey. You know, out here, we think, you know, they're going to prep school or they're going to a junior team, you know, or they're going to the, you know, uh, you know, the U.S. development program. No, these guys, they may be part of the development program, but they stay with their high school teammates. I mean, it, it's a camaraderie thing. So um, which was it, it's refreshing when you go and see that. Um, but anyway, kind of getting back to the point. Um, yeah, Jacob and Ollie were out there and, and you know, we've, our social team has, has been working with them for, for, like I said, a, a little bit over a year now. And, and they came out and were doing some content with, for themselves and for us. Um, and they're just, they're good guys. You know, you kind of get to, you get to know them, you know, in their, in their personas, and then you get to kind of know them off the ice. And, and really they just love hockey. They're like everybody else. They just, they love to be around the game. They love interacting. They love kind of, you know, having a conversation like we're having about product and kind of know what's coming and what's tweaking um so yeah no they're they're great we we had them at our athlete event our, our big content capture last summer where um they were essentially the referees for our for our young gun day um hmm. and then you know the, the misconception is you see them you know on their videos or their youtube's kind of out there messing around but they can both play they're both very skilled and uh you know the the content from last summer i think showed it because they both uh they both pulled off a few moves that you know that you see on, uh, on the NHL and they did it kind of seamlessly. So, wow. um, yeah, they were, they were a lot of fun to be around and, and, you know, really good guys, you know, on and off the ice. So is there another, I know you say you mostly spend time over the phone or, or via email working with athletes, but is there an, a Bauer athlete in particular that you've really enjoyed working with or that that's just a, always a, you always kind of like talking to, um, you know, it, it, I'm fortunate because when I do talk to, to, you know, any of the, the, the gals or the guys that we deal with, everyone's um, pretty, pretty down to earth, you know, haven't really had any, you know, high maintenance people. And usually when they're talking to me, it's like, Hey, or just, you know, I'm trying to get something done. I'm trying to, you know, 
try to organize something for my family or trying to get an order in. And, and, you know, part of the way, like you say, going back to the events, you know, I work with, with the athletes and their agent or the representation when we're doing big events. So, um, again, it's, it's usually around good causes. So, um, you know, no one really sticks out as being above and beyond. I mean, I, I'm, I sort of marvel at the professional that they all, the professionalism that they all have. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough over the last, you know, year or so we, we did our, our holiday campaign, which is, we call game is a gift, um, where we, we brought in, you know, a few of our different athletes to, to different organizations and, and just use the day to kind of give back to the, the different, you know, we did the Bruins and the Boston fire department. We did the Chicago Blackhawks and a, um, a residential home in, in Chicago for, for mentally, uh, for challenged adults and, and children. Um, at Henrik Lundqvist on the streets of New York, just giving out tickets again, you know, these are situations that are outside their, you know, their day-to-day comfort zone, but you know, everybody sort of just took it in stride and, and, and accepted it and really just kind of embraced it and had fun with it, which is, you know, to me, you know, we're asking them to do something outside their comfort zone and, and, you know, it's kind of a testament to them that they do it with a smile on their face and as gracious as they are. So, um, you know, that's, that's been, I guess, the most eye-opening thing for me is just really how down to earth everybody has been. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you kind of see him on TV and you think, oh, wow, that's, you know, that's David Pasternak, that's Jonathan Taze, that's, you know, that's, uh, you know, Hillary Knight, you know, but everyone's, everyone's just, they're regular people and they're just, you know, happy to be, happy to be associated with Bauer and happy to kind of be given back to, to whoever it is that they have the opportunity to give back to. So has there ever been anyone, um, that you might have bumped into at an event where you were like starstruck by, no, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing Kevin grown up where we grew up, you, you might've been a Bruins fan, but, uh, yeah. was there, did you ever, have you ever like, a, I don't know if I'm even accurate. Have you ever like bumped into Bobby or someone who you like really just kind of really looked up to as a kid who, who you've seen at an event or anything like that when you've been working for Bauer? Um, you know, it, the funny, the, the one that just happened. So we were out at the all-star game, uh, in St. Louis this, in January and, and, um, Bauer, the NHL in St. Louis, um, had a, had a press conference that was sort of, uh, promoting or, or kicking off this grow the game component in St. Louis. They have a brand new, uh, practice facility just outside the city that the blues and, and the NHL and, and Bauer kind of got behind and had sort of a, a great day. Um, and had, you know, some of the top female athletes, um, not just Bauer, but in, in the whole entire game. Um, so they were there and, and we were kind of in the back sort of preparing for the, for the day and, um, Brett Hall walked in. Cool. And so, um, again, completely down to earth, low key. So it's Brett Hall. We were in a room with, you know, Hillary Knight, Marie Philippe Poulin, uh, Rebecca Johnston, uh, Casey Bellamy, you know, so so a lot of athletes that I know, again, top of top of their game, top of the field. And we're standing there and, and Brett Hall walks in and, you know, not really saying anything. He's kind of, you know, kind of keeping himself and then and kind of kind of bumped into each other. in there and we just started talking. And, and so he had his uh, St. Louis ring, St. Louis Blues um, Stanley Cup ring on. So I, I kind of naturally asked him about that. So he uh, he pulled up photos of that, comparing it to the Houston Astros ring from a couple years ago, which he had a friend on. And I mean, the St. Louis Blues ring is just it dwarfs. I mean, it, it's <laughs> it's enormous. And he's he's sitting there kind of showing. And then very quickly, like like I'm a friend of his, he starts showing me this vo- this video of him pulling in this huge shark off the coast of Florida, <laughs> which like 
again, to me was awesome. Like he didn't know me from anybody. He had, you know, it's a conversation that he doesn't even remember, but like, again, I think it just speaks to that in, in the hockey space that people are so down to earth and, you know, they're, they're genuine with their time and, and happy to kind of be, you know, in the, in the environment they are. So, you know, again, not necessarily starstruck, but just kind of in admiration of, of a guy who I grew up watching play and, and obviously was one of the best players in our generation. Um, and just really how down to earth and, you know, accommodating he was with him, you know, his time. So that was, that was pretty cool for me. In addition to kind of meeting everyone else I have, that was, that was pretty cool for me. That is the cool thing about hockey. It's just, everybody's kind of very, uh, yeah, like you said, very down to earth, very professional. They understand what they mean to the the people who grew up watching them. I I mean, I, I can think of a time I was doing a, a project out here, uh, for my master's about the growth of California hockey. And I was looking up um, basically coaches I wanted to interview, local high school coaches. And I see this name, Steve Hines, is one of the coaches at uh, in Santa Barbara. And I was like, Steve Hines? I wonder if that's the same Steve Hines from the Bruins back in like the 90s and 2000s. And sure enough, it was. And I interviewed him and he was like the coolest guy. And I, I was professional the whole time. And at the end of the interview, I was like, I just wanted to tell you this at the end. I like loved watching you play when I was a little kid. Like you were so like... Yeah. Just great, and uh, so yeah, I, I totally know what you mean there. It's it's uh, it's definitely a unique sport and, and universe to be involved with. And uh, is there anything else you want to add before we uh, wrap it up? Again, it's been a pretty pretty cool uh, pretty cool experience, and, and certainly thankful for the people at Bauer to to kind of uh, you know allow me to do such a cool job, and and thankful to uh, to you for you know allowing me the time to kind of talk about it. And happy to um, have you. Yeah, you know, it's also uh, again, it, it's such a it's such a small community of of people. I mean, there's a lot of people who play hockey, but you know, there's a lot of people who are connected, and um, it's it's fun. It's fun. So, absolutely. Well, uh, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Good luck um, back in in Exeter with uh, with your family. I know you, your your young daughter. So we're both in the same boat, uh, <laughs> girl dads. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. So, um, yeah, stay safe and and thanks for coming on and and tell everyone I say hi. Absolutely. Thanks, Anthony. Appreciate the time. Thank you, Joey. Talk to you later. That'll do it for the episode, episode 25 of the Flying V Anaheim Ducks podcast. As always, you can find me on Twitter at DeliTweets. That's D-E-L-L-I-T-W-E-E-T-S. You can also find me on Instagram, uh, my media account, The Media Deli on Instagram. That's spelled T-H-E-M-E-D-I-A-D-E-L-L-I, just the second half of my last name, excuse me, on Instagram. And you can find Kent at Husk under dash Verna, that's H-U-S-K under dash V-E-R-N-A on Instagram. And at Huskins Coffee, obviously now you can't go there because it's closed uh, due to the coronavirus pandemic. But please order coffee from his website because he will really appreciate it. Uh, like I mentioned at the beginning of the of the podcast, all these small businesses need need your patronage in any way you can, uh, even if you can't go directly to the store. Most of them have online presences, and um, if it's a restaurant, they might deliver to your house. Uh, just make sure that you're you're supporting your local businesses and uh, Huskins Coffee, especially because from experience, it's a, it's a great place, and we want it to uh, remain in business. So, uh, with on that note, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.